Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of In This Skin, a podcast by Braxton Simpson. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Anthony Kenny, the former SGA president of Southern University, the vice chair of Louisiana Leadership, and the co-founder of EKA Dreamer. We're so excited to have him today as we talk about being young, black, and political. All right, everybody, welcome to In This Skin podcast by Braxton Simpson. And this is season two, episode six with Mr. Anthony Kinney. What's up? What's going on, Ms. Simpson? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay, can't complain. Can't complain another day, another opportunity, another 24 hours, but I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Today, guys, we're talking all about what Anthony has going on, okay? Because he's got it going on. Today, we're talking about politics. We're talking about um, being young and being in politics and going to get it. Um, And, you know, this is is a topic that's very, um, something I really want to know about because, you know, I'm getting ready to graduate and I'm interested in getting into the political realm, but at the same time, I'm trying to decide if I want to go to law school. Um, And so I feel like different routes is always good to just kind of know and see what everybody else is doing. Um, So I just want to, I want to know more about your experience. So can you just tell us a little bit about all the work that you've been doing over the last, um, uh, over the last year, even the last six months um, politically? Okay. So um, for those of, for those of you out there listening, um, my name is Anthony Kinney. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So Baton Rouge is the capital city in Louisiana. Um, graduated from Southern University in spring 2019. Um, during my time at Southern University, I could definitely say that's where my start in being involved in, um, in community and civic engagement, um, politically engaged, really started at. Um, I think it really started my foundation during my time in student government. I'm gonna tell a lot of people. Um, originally, my first when I started at Southern, I did not start in student government. I was a member of the band, but uh, being in the band definitely taught me definitely about teamwork and leadership. But once I transitioned to being more student government involved, uh, I became like a class president, um, men's council president, but also student government student body president. And during my time as student body president, man, just being connected with so many different city leaders, city officials, um, mentors came along the way. It just inspired me to keep going even after. Um, I always employ it to all HBCU students, anybody, even at PWIs as well. If you're a student government, man, if you have a passion, that spark, man, use your networks and advantage to that. Because once you get out there, all the foundational skills that you learn in student government, being a leader, working with people, policy, um, sitting in meetings, advocacy, all that starts day one once you graduate, once you get into that real world field. So upon graduation, I became a communication specialist for our House of Representatives initially, and during that time as well, um, my my undergrad degree is in mass communication and PR, so that was a good cross-sectional point of being able to be worked with uh, legislators and also do communications, PR, social media, graphics for them as well, and during that time, I was able to learn a lot, even though it went directly with them 24-7, but being able to be around that setting, um, being around their work, their policy, see the things they're doing in respective districts in Louisiana, definitely inspired me to keep going. So um, currently as well, I'm in graduate school at Louisiana State University in the Manship School. And there I'm studying strategic communication and political communications. And so um, with that, one of my five 10 year goals is to be a strategic communications director or communications pro from a major campaign or for a state or local government or eventually on the White House level. But as well, um, currently, 
I work as a legislative assistant um, for Representative Ted James. Um, he is the chairman of the Louisiana Legislative Black Caucus in Louisiana. Um, he's a great guy. He's one of the upcoming rising stars in Louisiana, um, Democrat, uh, do a lot of great things. Also, he's the chairman of our uh, criminal justice committee in Louisiana as well. And he does a lot of great work. Um, young progressive Democrat, um, 35. He's a father as well. So man, just being under him, black male being under him and just looking up to him, be able to be him 24 seven um, during his meetings, during his times, anything with policy, um, being back and forth with the constituents is definitely gets a lot of firsthand experience, be able to work for him and get that first experience into it. Um, for me, my passion to why I want, I, I want to continue being civically engaged is as young people, man, it's, eventually it'll be our turn to take the brass ring, right? And it's our turn as young people, millennials, Gen Z. Um, it's gonna be a change, change of the guard soon. And we have to be ready at any moment or given time to be ready to, to get into these roles. Um, it's no time to wait. There's no time to say, hey, I'm gonna wait till this person retire. I tell and I employ to a lot of people around our age group, go for it, do it. If you wanna run, go for it, get the resources, get connected with the right people, do the grassroots work. But more importantly, man, make those connections early on. Ask somebody who been down the path you go down, and I tell a lot of people like in politics and government, it's, you can't you can't just go into it thinking it's gonna fall in your lap, right? I think when um being involved, you have to know the lane which you want to go in. You have to know what you're passionate about. You have to know the policies and issues that you want to impact in your community, and you tackle it head on. Now, it's not a one day thing. It's not a lot of people not one hit wonders, but you have to start somewhere, right? And don't ever feel like um, you know, just because where you come from, school you went to, um, your upbringing, you can't do it. Like anybody, like all politicians have the same different um, backgrounds from coming from poor households or coming from um, adopt adoption homes as well. So don't ever feel like that because your upbringings and your past, you can't go where you want to go. Um, because at the end of the day, um, I believe in respect to politics. I feel like I can talk to you the same way. I could talk to you in a um, sweatpants and a hoodie, the same way I could talk to you in a suit and, and nice dress shoes, right? And so I think as a good leader nowadays, you have to respect anybody that comes to you as a constituent. You just can't respect somebody who speaks well. You just can't respect somebody who got a thousand degrees. Now that you can respect them too, but you have to have a good balance in how to talk to people. Um, I think as young people now, we have so social media and everything, like we see everything now. We're able to communicate directly. We're able to communicate immediately on issues and stuff. And just being on social media, you, it's, a, it's a melting pot of so many opinions and conversations, right? And so many backgrounds, so many bipartisan issues, so many um, party-related different mindsets of stuff. You have progressives, you have liberals, more. you have more young people now who create more different parties than ever, right? And nothing's wrong with that because we all have issues we're passionate about. There's no right yeah. or wrong. We all really, really want to get towards like upbringing our community. So um, for me, just upbuilding my community. I love Baton Rouge. I love Louisiana. Um, you know what I'm saying? Vince, I do want to branch off, but I do want to make sure before I branch off that I'm impact to the highest degree in my own community. Yes. Oh my gosh, Anthony, you're doing so much and you just touched on so much because I can, I can kind of relate. I mean, just over the last, honestly, month, like I started my um, legislative internship up at the Tennessee State Capitol. And, you know, you kind of talked right. about those, um, those connections, you know, making those connections. And it was the HBCU grads from Tennessee State University that, um, that I'm working for. I'm working for the Honorable Senator Brenda Gilmore. And um, just, it's, it's been so amazing. And those things that you touched on, um, just with constituents having so many different so many different issues, you know, um, and a lot of those issues directly impacting our people and being able to work so closely to that. Um, it's, 
it's it's fueling work. It's very, very fueling work. And it's really starting to kind of get me to thinking, you know, I guess in the direction that I want to go as far as um, policy. Um, but what I wanted to ask you was, um, you talked a little bit about how I feel like sometimes people just think that being involved is so far-fetched. You know, when you think of a representative, when you think of a senator, um, when you just think of a government official, you think of them being this high and noble, rich individual that seems so untouchable. Um, could you talk a little bit more to, um, you know, how getting into policy, how being civically engaged is not far-fetched. Um, it's accessible to all of us. And, you know, we've seen the results of when we're all um, civically engaged. We saw it in Georgia. We saw it in this last presidential election. So could you speak a little bit to um, how how reachable it is for us, how accessible it is? It is. And you brought up a great point. Um, accessibility is key, but also mobilizing and being able to make connections with different organizations across the board to reach different networks of people, right? So um, in my line of work is civic engagement outside of my professional job, eight to five work. Um, I'm a part of this progressive Gen Z civic engagement organization called Biking Vote. And so um, what's what's unique about Biking Vote, it really started with one of my colleagues named Morgan Walker out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And she she's like, she's not a typical person people think is involved in politics. She used to be about party promoter. She's throw like the biggest concerts. But one day she just said she just woke up and she wants to use her influence to get people out to vote, right? And so during, um, they had a real big election in um, New Orleans just recently for their district attorney for the New Orleans area. And that's so big because uh, the murder rate and crime rate down in this way in Louisiana is very much a, a pertaining issue in all our cities, right? And especially in New Orleans. And it was between, it was from a black male, a black woman, and like two other um, Republicans, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but um, she she drove out a lot of people who normally who normally don't vote to become first time voters. And what they did was unique. How she started off, she had she they had the early voting. She got a couple like um, the rental bikes, like the regular bikes you ride around your, your city. And she they donated to her, and she was able to get almost over a hundred people to ride bikes to the polls and vote wow. for the first time. And so just being able to connect and get people um, engaged and out. And from mm -hmm. there, man, we do a lot of advocacy work. Um, an organization to keep um, get people civically engaged, politically engaged. Um, one thing about it is strictly millennials and Gen Z in the organization. Yeah. And it's grassroots. And you have to be able to know how to reach people. Um, yeah. I think politics is not boring. I mean, yeah, it's boring historically, but I it doesn't think, have to be. It doesn't, it doesn't have, to, have be. to be. It's been and so much fun. <laughs> exactly. And you and you put a fun spin to it, like bike and vote. Like that's like, oh my God, like bike, I can bike and go vote, right? And so- right. It's almost like, like, dang, like that's I like that. Let's and so yeah. our, our, our mission is to expand and get more Gen Zs and out to vote. So we we start we start New Orleans and more recently one under the umbrella, uh, we have a form concept called politics and politics, right? And so that's involving um, we have a we have a, a sneaker store chain down here, like between Texas and Louisiana called Sneaker Politics. And they sell like dope sneakers, shoes, and whatever. Okay. And so she's you no know, the owner. And she was like, okay, how about we have politics at sneaker politics, something catchy, something people remember, right. but it's a forum in the sneaker store where we bring in different community officials. That's um, what I saw on your Instagram. Yeah, and, and advocates, appreciate that. And advocates that we could sit down and talk about in a laid back setting about what, what the hell the is issues, going on? What are the issues? Right? How can you help me? Talk to me. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I told and like, and one of the, one of the beauty of it, we tell them like we invite them, like you don't don't, don't wear no suit, don't wear no professional clothes, come and come and lay back, sneakers, clothes, look cool. Like every day, when you get out for five o'clock, when you go home, you go to the store, wear that. Like show people that behind your titles, behind your accolades, you're an everyday you're person. An everyday person. Yeah. And you know, that's go ahead, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna no, you say, can't. you know, in watching that, you know, I saw um, you know, you've been working with Gary Chambers and I've been watching him from afar. And I think that's probably what I admire most about him is that he is a common person, you know, yeah. a common person. And <laughs> his policies, like what he stands for is, mm -hmm. I, I love how he ties in policy with his activism. Like there's no separating the two. Exactly. Um, I think, I think my bad, because I think Gary was, was great about Gary, great brother, man. We come from the same side of the neighborhood here in Baton Rouge, man, Mr. Chambers. Um, I've watched him since I was an undergrad and it's mm -hmm. so crazy. His story is, is, is crazy. It's amazing. Um, in 2016, the kind of quick, quick backstory from Mr. Chambers, in 2016, Louisiana, specifically Baton Rouge just went through, what, what's it? Jumanji, Jumanji. We, we, we went through it. We had the great flood that only happens. Oh my God. Almost every 500 years that flooded our whole city. Like our city had never flooded like that. And then we had to shoot on Alton Sterling. Right. And so that just created national outcry mm. right here from our backyard in Baton Rouge. And Mr. Chambers, along with a lot of other community advocates were at the forefront to have justice for this man. And from there, he originally, he was never an activist. He was an everyday guy. Um, he had his own newspaper company. Um, he's a he's an ordained uh, reverend minister as well. And, you know, he said he found out he's an activist about look, but they call him that in the newspaper. But from there, he showed up. And so that's why I tell people, especially like our young people our age, like, just show up. Just show up. Um, yeah. Politics, is, and I'll tell people, politics is local. And Mr. Chambers said that a lot. Politics is local. We, yes, we just came from historic election, you know, congratulations to, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris, President Biden. But I tell a lot of people, your local elections matter probably 10 times more. 10 right? times more. <laughs> because these people affect your everyday living from the right under your nose. But we don't care. Well, I would say we don't care. We're not properly engaged until it's time for the big ones, right? right. But we and have to treat so every election as the big one, right? And mm -hmm. so currently, right now, like Mr. Chambers, he's in, he's in the mix of a congressional race, right? And so we're making sure we're pushing people that even even the big election, even though the major presidential election is over, this is still another big race. Like this is Congress. This is a, it's huge. Right. Because right. because yeah. our former rep, Cedric Richmond, great guy, great representative. Now he's a director of public engagement for President Biden's um, cabinet right here from Louisiana, did a great job. So now, you know, we need to make sure we put the right person in there to keep that representation going. Right. right. But we have to make sure people are informed and know what's going on. Let them know that like, every election matters. Like anything we put down here, we always tell people every election matters. Like from the mayor election, rep, city council. Um, I know each city have different like school board, everything. Like all that matters because at the end of the day, I, I'm a type of person, like I'd rather be proactive than reactive in cases, yes. right? So if something go down in the community, I ask people, before you get angry, do you know who your elected officials are? Yes. Right. And yes. I think that's the first step because you have to, I think that's why, that's why I say it's, it's great we have these different organizations that build the gap uh, bridging the gap with local everyday citizens and your elected officials. And your elected officials. Like, yeah. We elect these people and you don't hear from them no more, right? Now, I, feel, I always say it's a double side of the coin. It's a 50-50 deal with, with right. being um, with advocacy and being constituent, right? Yes, mm -hmm. your elected official needs to meet you halfway, but a constituent, you, you need to meet to, them as well. Exactly. You have to have that surface level advocacy or engagement to know what's going on in the community, right? right? You just can't wait until... You look on the news, you say murder rate is up. Oh, like you're up and on. Like you get on Facebook. I need to be accountable from day one. And it's crazy because 
we were talking um, about this in class today. Um, and, um, actually, one of our guest lecturers for this semester is Al Sharpton. So that class wow. has been like amazing. But um, today we're talking about voting rights and um, civic, uh, uh, civil rights. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the students talked about how in this election, this presidential election, he wanted to know, was I wrong? He said, I voted, but was I wrong for questioning should I vote when I feel like I'm voting between the lesser of two evils? And what he was talking about was the importance of, did you show up for the primary elections? You know, did you show up then because you had the opportunity to choose the people who would be in that position and nobody was coming out for that, you know? And so thank God we showed up when it was necessary. Uh, you're right. We <laughs> but <thank God. laughs> I mean, maybe you could have got the person that you wanted in, you know? Exactly. You never know. <laughs> exactly. But that, 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 that goes back to the point, like you have to, stay engaged before the election and after election, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, like I said, you don't have to be a political, you ain't gotta watch CNN every day, right? Mm -hmm. But at least know surface level, okay, if this, if I'm if I having an issue with something, I know how to get in contact with my state rep. I know how to get in contact with my council member, right? And so I think there, once we get to that level of accountability as like citizens, constituents who is not elected officials that, and but at the same time too, on the other side of the coin, our elected officials have to keep their line of communication open, right? And that's something we both we both learn as student leaders, like even with at our HBCUs, that your line of communication has to be open at all times, and your transparency has to be there too. Because once somebody feel like they can't trust you, they're gonna feel like they vote with the waste, and they feel like that you're not gonna get the job there because that trust is gone. Like all you have to your to your name as a as a leader, student leader, we remember is your name, your trust, and your integrity. Yes. If you lose either one of those three or all three, you're ineffective. You're ineffective. <laughs> you have to you have to make sure you keep those three components but most of all man just just engagement before and after elections and um just being involved uh, with, with various organizations get involved there's um civic engagement grassroots organization in every state um everybody say um after georgia election the, the legendary election with georgia stacy abrams great great woman i respect and everybody's safe where's our stacy abrams in you be the Stacey Abrams. <laughs> right. We're all Stacey Abrams, right? But right. there are there are organizations who's been on the ground, right? They may not have as many resources or the powerhouse behind them, such as like a Stacey Abrams. They've been they, doing this work. Right. And so I think now the only difference between Georgia and our other states is that Georgia was in the spotlight. So of course, everything Georgia did, Stacey Abrams. But I believe this can happen all across the South. I believe that this exactly. can happen. This can happen in Louisiana. This can happen in uh, Mississippi. This can happen exactly. everywhere. It's I mean, take... we just have to believe that it can happen and exactly. and do the work to ensure that it happens. Exactly. And I think I think her strategy is going to go across the South. Um, I think Georgia is not going to be the last one to flip. I think yeah, no. We, this is we, just the beginning. She set the tone. She She's the tone. Um, laid out a model for us. Um, and I, I believe that, and like they said, I mean, I just, I really honestly don't believe that, you know, all these states have been read all this time. I believe that people's votes have been suppressed. And exactly. um, now we're, we've done the work. We've shown what happens when you do the work and you um, allow people that haven't typically and historically had access to the ballot and you give them the access that they deserve and show them the importance of um, having your voice heard. Um, and I think that's what exactly what happened. I, I would love to see that happen everywhere, you know, because our, our people deserve that, you know, do. we deserve it. So, yeah. But Anthony, I kind of wanted to get a little bit into, um, you talked a little bit about being an HBCU student leader. I wanted to know how did your HBCU 
you know, prepare you to prosper in this place, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, you're doing amazing. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, 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 not, I'm doing all right. I ain't where I want to be yet, but I-, Listen, I but you're, you're well on your way, okay? appreciate that. But nah, man, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I definitely give um, Southern University, man, played a huge major impact in my role um, where I'm at now. Um, I'm a first-generation grad, so- of course, um, that means I'm the first in my family to graduate with a four-year degree. And like I say, um, my family, they prepared me well, but Southern University just took me and just molded me to where I needed to be. Um, I always tell people, man, we all have room to air places to grow, but HBCUs really, literally is the, it, it's the training, it's the training camp. Um, it's where that people find themselves is that we see people just like us who have the same passions, same mindsets, come from the same neighborhoods and they save us. HBCU saved a lot of lives. It saved my life too, but just most of all, man, Southern just prepared me to be able to be ready for any situation. Um, don't ever get complacent because things can change as a snap of a dime. I learned that during my time as student government president. Um, but I think just overall, the, the connections you make, the friendships you, you meet. Um, I think one of the biggest things I definitely is blessed for during my time in HBCU at Southern is the NASAP and the HBCU connection that you meet for NASAP. Um, for those who know NASAP is, NASAP is the National Association for Student Affairs Professional Conference that they bring in um, student leaders from all over the map, all every HBCU, and we convene in one spot. And I think the beauty of it is that everybody gets to see it. it's, a, it's a different flavor. Everybody, you got you got fam, you got Southern, you got Graham, you got Howard Booth yourselves up here. I need you not to forget about TSU, okay? I'm about to You got Tennessee State. I call y'all the quiet powerhouse because Tennessee State, y'all, let me tell you, y'all, I see y'all. Ten- okay. I see y'all. I see yeah. y'all. But but most of all, every HBCU man, I, I saw it was a different flavor. And for me, it made me say like, damn, I just step my game up. Like, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. the crazy part about it is that you say that on the inside, but on the people outside, on the outside you give like, it your all. Yeah, yeah, like man, I, like yeah, Southern, I know you, bro. Like man, I saw your campaign. For, I saw you, man. I, we we like you. I saw darling. Right. <laughs> and people, and and it's, it's so funny because and, and crazy thing about it, everybody that come, I think my second year. Uh, me and Darby was the only two that went. Darby was my Miss Southern University in my year. And Darby, um, oh, I remember we, that legendary slow mo, okay? Oh, Lord. Oh, Listen, and we, that we, went viral. Oh, Lord. I, think I, now, like I saw it the other day. <laughs> whole podcast for another day. Um, But <laughs> nah, but man, me and Darby was the only two people like in our delegation that year that went that experience. So everybody else was new. So everybody, you know, we used to tell them about next step. We was like, you know what? We're just going to let them see for themselves. So we get there, you know, everybody meet people, make connections made new friends, X, Y, and Z, the, the, the plenary sessions. Um, and then we left, man, they're like, damn, like, we think we we got problems. Right, right. <laughs> These other schools in the trenches for real. And I said, yeah. like, yes, you have to. That's the beauty of it because you learn, even in life too, you travel and network with people, you learn that you might not be as bad off as you think. What yep. you, you might not be as, like I said, I would say dumb, but you might not think you don't know as much as you don't know. People would yep. take, what you know, appreciate what you have more than what they have because you mm-hmm. like everybody just bring a different flavor. But I can definitely say, man, definitely taught me how to stand out as a man, as a student leader, as a male, as a black male, because mm-hmm. I think as as, as African-Americans, men and women, period, you know, it's a it's a lack of, of us in the communities, in our job spaces, in our fields, right? And so HBCUs give us that 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 bravado, that that confidence, that that stature, that platform, how to mm. speak when you walk in a room, how your presence is felt when you walk in a room. Yeah. It, it molds yeah. you to say that when you walk into a room, 
they know, oh, he went to Southern. Oh, she went to Tennessee State. Oh, he went to Howell. He went to FAM. Like, you know what I'm saying? And automatic standout. Our, our automatic standout HBCUs, man, from the way we the way we talk, the way we introduce ourselves. I think I, I still catch myself almost going, damn it. I say that's Southern introduction, but I catch myself using bits and pieces and that and that confidence stand up and introduce yourself in the room. Your energy speaks for you, right? Before you yep. open your mouth. But once you open your mouth, that's the first impression to a lot of people. So your first impression means a lot. And I think our HBCUs too tell us about teachers about first impression, how mm-hmm. to present yourself, how to bring yourself, and how to get yourself a energy across in the room. But mm-hmm. um and Southern definitely prepared me all around. I'm so thankful, man. Um I'm always keen to giving back um in any way that I can. I always recruit people to HBCUs, man, because because HBCUs, man, save people's lives. And I tell people it's no other experience like it. There's no other place. I don't care where you go. You can go to the highest Ivy League possible. You will never get an HBCU experience. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. So I always employ anybody listening who is an aspiring high school student, got any siblings, nieces, nephews, sons. Go to HBCU. Go to HBCU. Choose HBCU, man. Like, look, the high one, the second highest in the command is an HBCU grad. Come on now. If bitch, I'm gonna speak it the next, the number one man, the number one person in office is gonna be HBCU grad next. And we're gonna speak that yeah. to this. So, yeah. but we just wanna show people anything is possible. And I and I thank God Kamala Harris won because it showed us that, you know, it don't don't think because you go to HBCU, it don't matter if it's big, small, private, yeah. the smaller HBCU, you can make it and you can make anything out yourself. So man, just choose HBCU when you go, let it mold you, be open-minded to change. Uh, it's gonna be challenges. Every eight, no HBCU is perfect. I ain't gonna say you're a fairy tale. It's worth it. And when you look back, you will be thankful for the challenges, the good days, bad days, all in between. But you'll be most thankful that you went through it at an HBCU. Yes, yes. I love that. So what's next for you? you know, what next for me? We've seen oh, the, the man. Okay, we've seen the rebrand. Oh, <laughs> man. So um, for me, um, just more so continue being a, a servant in my community. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm graduated from grad school in May. Um, so I'm still weighing my options. If I want to go back to school, uh, I know I'm gonna go, go work for fe- or work more so full-time too. Um, my advocacy work and community engagement, state government work. Um, but more so to just be, um, do more community projects. Um, uh, currently right now I'm involved in a couple of projects. Um, I'm currently the vice chair for Louisiana Leadership Institute. It's one of the biggest nonprofits in um, Louisiana. We have, um, a congressional civic engagement class that we teach every Saturday to kids. We have an arts and dance studio as well. They did um, amazing on the on the HBCU. Appreciate, appreciate it. We, I was just about to bring that up. We 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 got a we got we got a a, a great all star band who just yeah. performed for the presidential inauguration of yeah. one of our virtual events and uh and I strictly of high school students right and so um you know we bring in all the high school students from the area we we get them together we give them the resources. Um, we get the people to sponsor them to go to like different competitions, battles, X, Y, and Z. We give them the experience, right? They probably wouldn't get their high school. But most of all, um, one of our missions is just to impact kids in the community. And also as well, um, I'm starting my own scholarship. Me, um, me and my um one of my fellow alum, his name is Steve Williams, man. He's a professional chef for NFL players, man. He's he's out of he's based out of Seattle, Washington right now. Um, he graduated from Southern like three, four years before me. So, man, we came we came together, man, networked and said, man, let's do a scholarship. And so um, it's called ECAD, Every Kid is a Dreamer. And so we're going to be engaging in Taurus. Um, he's from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm from Baton Rouge. So we're going to target, um, our goal is one male, one female. Um, so we're going to, it's more so going to be a donation-driven scholarship base. Um, we're going to fund the, the, the foundation and we're going to ask people from donations. And our goal, you know, we ain't going to set a set goal. Um, wherever we stop at, 
uh, our biggest goal is impact a student, right? I and just like I said, the, the experience we got at HBCUs, man, we want to somebody to have that same experience and we want to make sure we give them something that we didn't have, right? And so that's, that's scholarship is probably the next best thing to get because um, I know student loans and everything and scholarship is hard, but we want to make sure we, if we can be a, a small beacon of light, and I will leave this with this with, with, with the listeners, be a small beacon of light to somebody around you because you never know, somebody could be in the darkness for so long, but you've given an opportunity to be a light to somebody who will impact their lives further than what you think. And so um, that's one of my biggest mantras going forward, even my professional career. Eventually, uh, you know, Guys, say the same. I might put my name in the hat to run. I don't know. Everybody, <laughs> wait. I don't know. Everybody, look. When I when I drop the rebrand, people start texting me. I like, is this it? Is this? We'll be waiting. It? We'll be is waiting. It? But look, people are like, is this it? I say, ah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Give Listen, me. Listen, we're waiting though. The people. Give, give us some time. We're preparing the people. Okay, look, we're ready. Give us some time, but man, most of all, man, uh, regardless, you know, if I'm late to fish or not, I just want to be a, a community servant and impact the people around me um and so man i think this goes to show you have a servant leadership heart you you do it regardless of the fame nor right of titles right and so that take you a longer way than anything any title can mm-hmm. and so um i'm excited um hopefully i think another thing to it is potentially law school i don't know mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm i'm, I'm praying because i, I school work is just okay. i've been on the fence about that whole thing too like do i really want to go to law school but i tell people <laughs> take your time Take, I know we get at this age, we want to be finished with school. We see people, our friends, moving away, starting a career. Look, take your time. You mm-hmm. got all got life ahead of you. Take your time. Take risk doing it, you know. Um, but just most of all, just know your timeline, know your mental, know your space, know where you are in life, and just enjoy the ride. You only get to be young one time. So um, I'll leave it at that. I guess we'll revisit that in a couple years. We'll see yeah, what, when I pull out my rabbit hat. So. <laughs> Yes, we'll we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting on that announcement. Uh, thank you so much, Anne, for coming on in this skin season two, right. episode six. Where can the people find you and connect with you? So you can find me on social media, um, at Instagram at a Kenny a k e n n e y, or you can find me on Twitter at Bowtie Swag b e a u x t i e s w a g, and definitely connect with me on LinkedIn too, um, Anthony Kenny, and on Clubhouse too, um, Bowtie Swag as well. So um. Definitely connect with me. I love to connect with people, man. Meet people from all over and just, hey, we see like make our connections and make a difference in the world. But thank you, Breck, so much for bringing me on. Continue doing great. Continue being great. You know, we're proud of you. You next up too. We, we watching. <laughs> we watching from the shadows. Don't worry. <laughs> but, man, I'm so proud of you. So keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thanks. This was absolutely amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is season two, episode six of In This Skin, a podcast by Braxton Simpson.